Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Hey, I'm John Hall. Justin Kennedy is here. Brian Cass is here. Yo. And you know who else is here that we don't talk about enough? The Patriots. The Patreons. The Patreons. The Patreons are what they folks, give us. The, the hardy folks that go to patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, drop a couple of coins in the bucket that help this show stay on the air get beer around to our to our guests uh you know our hosts. Uh, get get and our hosts and and get uh cast well supplied and mustache wax i mean it's it's a <laughs> um it's a I, I i was i was thinking about it as we were as we were getting on today we don't we don't talk about uh, the patreon folks nearly enough but thank you thank you thank you um and when we do we thank you at the end so we're Good. Right, and by then everybody's tuned out because exactly. the show is a train wreck. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you're so boisterous because you've got a you've got a sluggish, raspy Sunday morning, Augie. Um, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump at that moment of quiet to introduce Colin McFadden to the Patreons and to the Thieves. Uh, Colin, you have Meeting House now. To get this straight, I, I got great notes. I'm assuming you wrote them because I did get great notes. But um, you, so Ken decided he wanted to get off of Memphis um, Street and go open a brewery. And you decided you wanted to get out of a brewery and open a pub on Memphis Street <laughs> all in one day sometime last right. year. Is that what happened? Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it sounds like destiny when you put it that way, but uh, <laughs> it's a little bit more complicated than that, I guess. But the, the gist is there, sure. Like Ken, who uh, was one of the owner-operators of Memphis Taproom and sort of the primary owner-operator in its, in its final years, uh, is also really involved in the, the brewery Human Robot here in Philly, which is, you know, doing really great. And yeah. um, it's a newer operation. Memphis was kind of a stalwart for years and years, kind of holding down the, like, gastropub thing in Philly. And um, I think in terms of timing, um, Ken was ready to maybe – and I, I should really like let him speak for himself, but my sense was he's um, been on the show. He's been on the yeah, show. Yeah, 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 for it, sure. So yeah, I was, like I was kind of ready him. to I'm sorry, go on. No, go on. He was ready to sort of be done with the grind of like running a restaurant, you know, that part of what it is to be a, a, a pub owner. Um and a lot of what he does with human robot 
has to do with like making relationships and like networking and just like being the extremely gregarious jovial uh <laughs> dude that he is and and honestly i think that's been there's a lot of reasons for su their success but i think ken's personality is is no small reason and so yeah so i think it was kind of an off-ramp for him from pub ownership and yeah like you said around the same time i was um i had left a brewery which i'm sure we'll talk about and um you know i I had intended to open a brew pub, but when this space became available, I kind of like my head was so much more interested in the pub part of the brew pub than the brew part of the brew pub, which, again, we'll also talk about. But it didn't all happen in one day. Unfortunately, it happened probably over the course of like a three and a half year period. Uh, oh, but, it. you know, I, I like envisioning it as the two of you, like, you know, the, the two dogs that that, you know, the dog and the wolf that chase the sheep and that Bugs Bunny when they, you know. They switch shifts. So they like clock out. Mm. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of Ken being like, "All right, I'm gonna go." I'm down. You're like, "Oh yeah, well, I'm down for a restaurant." Right, so, right. Like, Thanks, yeah. bud. <laughs> if only, if only it were that simple. I. Uh... So how's it going? How how is life in Philly restaurant world these days? I know, I know, Philly got kind of whacked by COVID mm -hmm. as hard yeah. as anybody else. Are you? Right. Are you? Are you feeling? The, the nightlife scene, the, the dining life scene is, is, is piquant. Is it, is it hot and spicy <laughs> down there for you? Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, that, that wouldn't be an adjective that would, that would spring to my mind, but now that you mention it, sure. <laughs> I mean, I think that in terms of like the way that Philly got like waxed by COVID, I think it was a little bit more of a, there was that initial hit that everybody felt really hard, but then in terms of the longer term repercussions, um, I think it's been a slow burn, um, which I think in, in a lot of ways the, the brewing industry has felt too. Like that initial hit, everyone was expecting it to, everyone was expecting that to be when like a bunch of breweries and bars and stuff would go belly up. But like every, a lot of folks were able to kind of tighten up and like find, you know, they were able to do the pivot, the dreaded pivot. Uh, and find ways to kind of like re rethink their business models, whatever it, whatever it took. But the tail of that uh, T A I L um, is is actually longer than certainly I anticipated. So I think in a lot of ways, Philly as a as a like bar restaurant and even brewing scene is still kind of emerging, still still kind of wading through some of the repercussions of COVID. Um, Part of why I decided not to do the brew pub thing right now is because I kind of wanted to let some of those repercussions work their way out of the system um, before investing like scary money in uh, in yeah. like having a bunch of stainless steel process equipment. Um, yeah. The proposition of doing this pub and kind of laying low a little bit seemed lower risk. There was a lot more support around it in terms of like, you know, Ken, who was the owner of Memphis, is still my landlord. He owns this building and oh, he's just it? like unbelievably supportive of what we're doing. And um, that kind of support, I didn't have an in for a space where I could shove a brewery that had a landlord that was that supportive and that had kind of a that, that would have like a toss or a, a passing of the baton that was as like um 
yeah just as like kind of secure as as this one was so it, this to me is like uh an opportunity to kind of just like chill for a bit and lay low not that i'm not like pouring everything i've got into what we're doing but like um it I, opening a brewery right now felt kind of insane um yeah. so you know this is kind of an opportunity to like do something a little bit lower risk while some of those extended covid repercussions kind of work their way out of this hopefully work their way yeah. out of the, the system that makes sense totally does i mean yeah so trust me or everything you say makes you know perfectly plain sense well i think you said what we're doing i think we should talk about who we are yeah yeah because i mean thieves obviously you don't listen to a, a podcast run by the premier craft beer writer um canners and brewers if you don't know some what's going on in beer but you guys have quite the pedigree of history between the four of you why don't you why don't sure. you tell that story rather than me okay yeah sure yeah the like chronologically i mean it's i guess it depends on how far back you want to take the story but like the idea of this meeting house thing um really started with me and uh, my partner keith shore who had been working for mickler for like 12 or 13 years or so um he did all their design illustration art all that branding kind of stuff for for a really so long that, time and to be clear that's that like it, i i'm going to des- i'm going to describe it almost like a playing card profile face that's yeah, his art yeah yeah henry and sally okay. those characters that's, super cool. that's keith and he you know i think took when i first became aware of mickler and maybe the late aughts by like going to the foodery on 10th and pine in philly and like seeing their beers for $15 of a 500 milliliter bottle, which at that time was <laughs> extremely expensive being like, who the fuck are these guys? The brand was, it was cool in this kind of like DIY looking way, but Keith hadn't come on board yet. And when he came on board, I think that's one of the things that really solidified their brand as the iconic brand that it, that it now is was his characters and his work. So all that is by way Neat. of saying, like, I think he made quite an impact on the industry in the 2010s. This this whole, like, beer can art person, artist, like mm-hmm. he and Carl Grandin of Omnipollo, to me, are like, they created that as a, as a sort of thing, as a sort of niche. Um, but in any case, so yeah, Keith is actually, while he worked for a Danish company for 12 or 13 years, He's actually from Bucks County, Pennsylvania here, uh, just, <laughs> just north of the city, and coincidentally went to high school with my now wife. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like Philly is like this. There's like infinite small world kind of opportunities. So I met Keith through when I was working for Tired Hands and he was working for Mickler. Our respective kind of brands that we worked for had a relationship, um, did some collaboration. So I kind of met him that way. And um, we... We were never like super close friends per se, but we, you know, had a, had a relationship. And I think one day he reached out to me, uh, and was like, Hey, would you ever want to do a, do like a beer brand? That's, I think what he compared it to was like, almost like what Henok and Carl of Omnipollo do in terms of like this, like really personal, intentional thing where like, you know, every little detail is kind of like designed and thought through and whatever. Um, 
And obviously, like, what we're doing is not that similar to Omnipollo, like, aesthetically, but, like, I think in terms of ethos, they were, like, a guiding light for for some of the early stages of of how we envisioned this thing that we now have. Uh, at that time, we were like, all right, what's it going to look like? Is it going to be a, a brewery that, like, sends beer into distribution, whatever? We talked for, honestly, over a year about about the shape of the company, the model. And I always maintained that like a food and hospitality component was like crucially important to me. I thought that the idea of like another beer brand coming into existence to send beer to bars and stores didn't speak to what I love about beer and like what kind of drives me and what interests me in food and drink. So I wanted this this pub component to be like very, a very big, robust part of, of the, the company. Um, and so sort of enter my best friend, Drew, who has been working in kitchens for a very long time. Um, and he and I have been talking about like, if we had our own restaurant, pub, whatever, uh, what would it look like for a really long time? So in a way it was kind of like the merging of these two visions. It was like the conversations that I was having with Keith about what would our beer brand look like? What would the beers be? What would the aesthetic be? And the conversations that I'd been having with Drew, about what kind of food you know we like what style of service what glassware what kind of room what kind of you know plate which you know all all those kind of like little fine details um so you know times pass and times pass and and keith and i are looking at different spaces different opportunities and again we're looking to open a brewery um and we almost signed a lease and committed to like a scary amount of debt uh, for a project in South Philly. And like right as that was kind of not looking like the smartest decision for us, um, Jake, who is another of the owners at uh, Human Robot, um, kind of like whispered to us like, yo, you know, Memphis like maybe available. Um, oh, wow. That's and I live... Whisper. Yeah, and I live four blocks away from from oh, wow. this this space, <laughs> so you know I'm kind of thinking like, oh man, I like, you know. Uh, and by the way, all of this is happening after I had already left uh, Tired Hands. This is all sort of like 2022 ish, and um, so so you know I'm like, man, more of my life being kind of localized. I was commuting 45 minutes out to Ardmore for 10 years. Like it would be great to like have my life be really localized here and man that space is just perfect and the heritage the history and again like ken being a friend being a really supportive guy it felt like the right thing to do and and like i said earlier to like prioritize the pub part of the brew pub over the brew part of the brew pub uh and to get the beers that we'd envisioned brewed off-site you know on a contract basis and to kind of prioritize the the pub um, so the sort of final member of the foursome that kind of owns and operates this company, we brought on, um, my friend, our friend, Marty, who I had worked with at Tired Hands, who's just like the perfect guy for doing all the stuff that like nobody, he's just good at like compliance and paperwork <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> keeping QuickBooks true and processing payroll. He's just like the most like even keeled straightforward dude and that's great because the other three of us are like kind of have artistic temperaments and can be a little bit more uh up and down uh and marty is just like steady and and it's and it's great so this um, like you guys built voltron 
like every yeah, I like to think so. Yeah. yeah, I like to think so. It's it's really kind of it's really kind of special. Um, and it uh, it's surreal, you know, to imagine yeah. like all of these all of these different sort of there's there's it's a Venn diagram like we cross over in certain areas, but um, everybody really brings something unique and special to the table. Um. So yeah, so that's yeah. probably the the longer version than maybe you wanted to hear, but that's the version no, it, that you're getting. It's, it's 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 nice to hear though. It's I don't know, like I don't want to be so negative, but in Jersey, because of the nature of our ridiculous liquor laws, right? We keep losing real restaurants like you're describing and mm. real pubs like you're describing. Because the only people that can afford the liquor licenses are Applebee's, right? You know what I mean. Right, yeah, and <laughs> that's that's the horrible trend going on around here, with you know some small bright exceptions. But it's just nice to hear, you know, a, a team that it sounds like coalesced so neatly to get the job done, having the opportunity and getting the job done and hearing somebody in your role excited about it instead of miserable about it. Right. Everybody I talk to, everybody I talk to in the hospitality rackets these days is, is beaten down. So a fresh enthusiastic voice is very Mm -hmm. nice to hear. And I'm glad we're bringing it to the thieves because you know, it's just, it's so great. And I can't, I can't imagine what a dream situation is that Ken as a, as a landlord, like, I know, right. If you yeah. gotta have a landlord, that's the fucking landlord to have. Oh can't, yeah. Like, can't you know, imagine he's, a better situation. He, again, super supportive. He just, he really believes in, I think like what we want to do. I think he believes in, uh, a, a bit of like a rethinking of what a beer bar can be in Philadelphia in like, not to go too like off the, whatever down a rabbit hole but like beer bars in philadelphia were like a thing you know the late aughts the early 2010s you go to you go to these bars and they've got however many taps and you try a bunch of different stuff it was like where the industry was and where the city was the beer bar was like a it was a thing and they were and they were they were cool and they it felt like the people that worked at them knew about beer and cared about beer and thought about beer when they weren't at work and it was like a hobby as well as a job and in some ways I feel like the tap room direct to consumer kind of thing that honestly I was I spent most of the 2010s working in when I was at Tired Hands kind of rendered that Philly beer bar model a bit obsolete in some ways and now it feels like that tap room drinking thing has kind of cooled off a little bit. Obviously, it's still very much happening, but the the sort of fervor of the especially late 2010s, the waiting in line for cases of 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 beer and all that like outrageous enthusiasm and and, and massive growth, that sort of cooled off. So now it's almost like both models are in a holding pattern and um I'm kind of like, what would it be like to have a beer bar? What would a beer bar look like? A real, like, thoughtful beer bar. After yeah. all that dust has settled. And so yeah. in some ways, that's, like, one of the things that we're trying to do here. And I think Ken sort of sees that to a degree and understands, like, this is important, not to be too grandiose about it, but, like, this is kind of important 
beyond just the success of this one business. Um, that sounds too grandiose than I more grandiose <laughs> than I intended to be, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, I, it's a thing I miss in the world. Like, right. Just, just, I, so, all right, well, actually, so you want to do the thing, do the we, thing. I should do the thing. Oh, well, All right, I'll do the thing. The thing uh, what brings not, us together on Seal This Beer. What brings us together on Seal This Beer is a candid conversation of beer. What it is, not what we were told it would be. What it's doing, not what we did to get it. And how it tastes, not what we could trade it for. To, to have that discussion, we drink blind. Uh, we are drinking artisanally foil-wrapped cans mailed to us by Justino um, out of black opaque glasses. What are you drinking out of, Colin? Are, I've got like some beer? of the... Some of the cutest coffee mugs you could ever imagine, gold rimmed. Um, nice. They're not black, sadly, but they are oh. opaque. So, so don't look at the color and just taste and talk about what you're tasting. I'm gonna unplug the light that's overhead here so Smart. that I see Smart. less that's of commitment. it. Commitment. Yeah, I like, I like I mean, a guy hey, who I like a guy who method tastes with us. Yes. Uh, yes. John, you want to go first on beer? So I believe you should be drinking the 12 ounce. Can yeah, I just saw Ken- I saw Kennedy's text as you were doing your thing. So I've been sipping on uh, beer one, which, by the way, you're going to love when we get to it, given the state that you're in today. I have a healthy fear of beer one because it's no, in that shouldn't. can, beer that, one's gonna, that, beer can one, that says giant. Beer that one that is, is going to help cure what's currently ailing you. However, well, beer three uh, is a breakfast beer. Why don't you dig into it and I will start. So we're cracking, um, cracking can three. Crack can three. Can. Yep. Start sipping it. Wrap your head around it. I've been drinking it the okay. whole time we've been talking, so Got I'm it. ready to go. You guys get up to speed. Um, it's a classic German pilsner, right? It's it's you'll wrap your head around it, but it's got that that floor malted Weirman flavor, and <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm guessing Herzbrucker or, or Tet. Um. Just straightforward German beer flavors. Like if this was in a green bottle, it would be perfectly skunky and everything I grew up with. Yeah. Um it's it's a nice tight beer. I think it's I think it's well organized. I, I had when I, I first started sipping milk. it, I had a little tiny bit of oxidization cardboard, but but I don't know that that wasn't just my face because it's not there anymore, and that's not the kind of thing that blows off or goes away. Yeah. Um so if you guys get that, I did notice it, but but I no longer notice it. But yeah, if if you've got the raging fucking hangover I have this morning, this is a lovely breakfast tear of the dog beer. That's yeah, that's that's what I was hoping uh for you in the uh in the other one that I've been sipping on. This this I'm uh and I want to hear uh from Colin, but there is there's a really beautiful softness. Um to the malt on this as well and the hop character has this slight vibrancy like it's not fresh hop obviously it's not wet hop it's not anything like that but there is this very the green feels turned up like it feels a little neon it feels a little a little brighter and with the softness the softness of the malt um uh character on this it's this is just a lot of fun to drink, but it feels like, I don't know, the the hops are turned up just a little brighter and the malt is just not as crisp as maybe some others and just a little bit softer. And together, those two things really work really well. 
Yeah, it's it's when you said soft before you went to the malt, my brain went to the water, which also feels very mm-hmm. soft. Like yeah. it feels like either it's good lager water or it was corrected to be. Yeah. Um, you know I mean, Colin, you should chime in, man, if you if you've had your sips and you sure, sure, ready. yeah. I'm actually tell us what I'm you're not... thinking here. I'm not sipping this. I'm 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 full on <laughs> drinking this. Yeah. Um, right? Which like bodes well. And I think I um I definitely agree about softness. Like there's a it's crisp and feels dry, but the bitterness is like assertive without being oppressive or lingering at all. And I think that kind of speaks to water uh and like a a a, a hopping schedule. Um that yeah, I mean agreed on many points this certainly feels um like a pills there's something very like american about it to me and i don't know if that's just that it's fresh tasting i don't get that oxidation that you were alluding to at all it tastes very fresh in fact i get a little whiff of sulfur which usually to me means fresh um and yeah it feels it feels like it could be like you know your 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 really standard formula of Vireman pills and Hallertau yeah. Middlefru or something like that. Um, sometimes Middlefru for me has this like parsley, almost like Alfredo kind of tone, uh, wow. especially when you when you dry hop with it. Um, which like I get a little bit of that where it starts to lean into some of the um, some of the like it's not cheesy like aged hop cheesy. It's hard to explain, but um, we we made a couple like dry hop lagers when I was at Tired Hands where I was like, yeah, this is. When you dry hop with these hops, they just kind of smell like Alfredo, and it's yeah, and it's kind of weird. That's but in any case, but in so any I, case, I yeah, it's great. I so when so Holler Tower um, always throws flowers to me. This one, yeah, like I said, this one feels a little like. Do you know that hop Green Bullet? Like maybe that would be in no, here. Green you know Bullet. I, mean? Is I think that like an I Aussie th- thing. Yeah, but it's but it's like a traditional hop. It's not like a. Yeah, yeah, like it's a not like you're at a papaya Hi-Hopa. juice. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, but it's yeah, like I said, I think my brain went right to Herzbrucker, maybe Tet, but um, <laughs> but there's something super. John's neon is a good term, but what's funny, John, is when you say neon, I imagine IPA dank. Yeah, you're thinking like, but dry, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. This feels this feels like, like, you know how. You know the shades of green a hot pellet can be in your hand, Colin? You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. ones that are just emerald fucking green. Yeah, Cascade is, is yeah. usually really, like, green green. It's very, like, yeah. it's not that, like, lupulin green, like, yellow, yellow green. Yeah. yeah, no, it's like, it's like army yeah, blanket green. Like, yeah, this one feels like it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, like a, like a gem green. Anyway, um... All right, I'm happy to move on. I like yeah. it. I would drink Tasty it beer. for this hangover. It's yeah. definitely I'm, I'm done. I, I finished the whole fucking thing. Wow, careful, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. I'm at work. We heard you open that, so good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's it's gone. <laughs> right so on. Well, that's it? high praise indeed. So I guess that's what would you give that? It's uh, best lager I've ever had, but I hate lager. Quarter quarter cap. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I would give it two. Two bottle caps and complain <laughs> that I don't like lager uh, exactly. after knowingly ordering it's such a lager. A tight, it's such a tight, well-organized lager, but I don't like lager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I give myself anyway, yeah, no, two caps I think, for not liking yeah, I, lager. I, would, I think this is a very decent 
These are the one. This is the beer. So for in my shop, it's a Hell's, not a Pilsner like this. But this is the beer I wish every single little brewery would make, so that every single town could go get a fresh lager and we just stop drinking neutered industrial lager. Sure. Um, And it's going to be hilarious when Justin's like, "It's Miller Lite." Right. Um, Yeah. Got it. What is it, Justin? It is a collaboration between Halfway Crooks and Shanker Beer, which is Joey Pepper. Oh, yeah, beer. sure. This is yeah. called Chase Adiche. It is an Italian style Pilsner. Mm. Okay. So, uh, so dry, dry hopping. There you go. Yeah, what yeah, is dry hops. You nailed that, Kyle. Nice uh, ger- so the hops are German Pearl, Herzbrucker, like Augie said. Sildes, nice. Check me out. Saphir, yeah. And it's dry hopped with Saphir. Wait, a Saphir or, is okay. the Saphir. I don't know how you say that. No, I think it's. But yeah, I think that's just I think that's just a down generation of the other hops that are in it. It's a Hallertau derivative, if I'm not mistaken. It's yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I almost commented that this beer reminded me of like when I first had pony pills from Half Acre in like the early 2010s. And that was a softer uh, dry hop as well, if I'm not mistaken. And there's this kind of jasmine kind of note that that i get yeah. in this as well which now oh, i, like I now i wish i had note. said that yeah jasmine's well, great you'll you'll get another shot my we favorite got disney princess <laughs> um but yeah All right, so let's anyway. get uh so let's get back to where we were so you said you contract brew a couple beers and you do that in jersey right which seems yeah we do it to me but yeah, uh i know right to, to cross state lines to get beer to philly it's like you know yeah. most of Cape May's brewing is done over At by yards. you, so it's, yeah, yeah, it just makes sense that that they would go to Pennsylvania and you would come to Jersey because I know, I know. So, but uh, talk about that. So you have three beers you brew for yourself. Do you serve other beers as well, or is it, we do? Is, yeah, we have. Let's like, talk about that program. Our steady list is is our three house beers. On draft and uh, in six packs to go, which we make kind of like a pale, I call them pale beer, dark beer, hoppy beer. We can talk about that in a little bit mm-hmm. more detail. Um, and then we have Guinness on draft as well, which is like my favorite beer and a beer that, um, I don't know, I'm just kind of obsessed with in a lot of ways. And then we have bottles of Orval, which is really kind of more of like a gesture of acknowledgement to Memphis, which... Orval was like a pretty important beer to Memphis. They had this big mural on the above the back bar for years and years that was just like an Orval mural. Um, and, you know, I like Orval as much as the next person, but it's not. Mostly we run it as a as a gesture of of a sort of a nod to to Memphis. Um, so that's our steady beer list. It's five, five beers, uh, four on draft, one in the bottle. And then like, I have a couple open lines. So from time to time, like, you know, through the holiday season, I had celebration ale on tap. We had oh, nice. like the Augustiner, uh, Maritzen on during, you know, in September and, um, we can do one-offs here and there. We had like some human robot stuff on, which obviously is like a very natural, natural thing. Um, yeah, and but, a good yeah. way to get the rent paid. Um, <laughs> if only. Um, but yeah, that's so, awesome. Um, that sounds so good. Yeah. That's that's yeah. So tell me about your three. So are they mm-hmm. all ales? All three are ales? Well, I guess it depends on like you know how you think of like ale versus lager in terms of like the way that um that people typically divide it by like 
Theravisier equals ale, Pastorianus mm -hmm. equals lager, they're all ales, but I think of, they're all Kolsch yeast, um, mm -hmm. which like people refer to as an ale yeast because it's a Theravisier, but like I kind of stopped buying into that, that, uh, that kind of like binary, that sort of system um, by being indoctrinated by, um, Ron Pattinson's blog, Shut Up About Barclay Perkins. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. He goes off on this tirade every now and then about how Kolsch is an ale. Uh, and I agree. Um, I think like ale yeast versus lager yeast are kind of a shorthand. Uh, and more important are certain features of processing uh, mm -hmm. in terms of determining the profile of a beer. So the way I like to reckon it is two of the beers are lagers and one of them is more ale-like and I'd be comfortable calling it an ale because the two that are that are lagers in my book are fermented cooler and they're importantly given very cold kind of maturation time after fermentation. The other one is fermented a little warmer, a little quicker. It's dry hopped and it's given minimal cold time after dry hopping. So processed a lot more like, uh, you know, many of the beers that, that, I brewed when I was at Tired Hands. I, I just really like the Kolsch type yeast um, for for how versatile it can be and um, mm, for how it can make... The choir. I know. Hey, I, <laughs> I owe a lot of that, honestly, to to drinking boat beer in, you know, say 2014 at Fountain Porter, you know, here in Philly. Fountain Porter, best I know, cheeseburger in the world. I know. <laughs> eating, a, eating, a, eating a burger at Fountain Porter and drinking a boat beer in like, you know, 2014, 15 is like formative, formative stuff for me. And, uh, oh, you know, when I learned that that was Kolsch yeast and, um, you know, and then like down the down the line talking more to um to other brewers talking to jesse ferguson and talking yeah. to other people who had made hoppy beers with cold cheese to kind of like i was like man i love the kind of herbaceous profile that it promotes you you can brew a beer you know at tired hands we do we do a beer with like an english ale yeast and then we do the same beer with cold yeast and it was like a completely different beer and it all oh, had yeah. to do with just that that herbaceous kind of profile that it that it promoted um yeah. but then you could ferment it cool treat it like a lager and you'd get a lager so yeah, yeah so they're I, all they're I, all cold cheese it's funny yeah so a current project i'm working on i'm trying to um you know i'm i'm basically my answer to the hoppier lagers is a golden ale with kolsch but i am you know i'm giving the next batch we just put in gets a four-week lager Sure. So, so I definitely, you know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Um, and I agree with you and I, and you know, you know, it's, it's, that's definitely my, we, we actually, after fucking around with hazies and Conan strains for, mm -hmm. for like five or six years, we finally like a year or two ago, like, you know, pitched, you know, pitched Kolsch into basically our hazy. Yeah, and I was like, and it just it's so what I think it does too. Besides all the things you said, which I absolutely all ring true to me, I think Kolsch shows water better than any other. Mm. Piece. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like Kolsch somehow brightens the water profile more than any other yeast. Interesting. I can think of. Interesting. Yeah, I, 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 my gut wants to agree with you there. Um, because there is a certain like 
there's a crisper quality there's a there's a there's a cleaner quality that i could see kind of allowing the water to to be more available to the palate where a lot of the english type you know the the london threes of the world um they're so it's it's that juicy thing you know it's yeah. that like yeah. the soft bitterness the like maybe lower attenuation the lower flocculation the kind of like they're temperamental and there's a there's there can be like a sloppiness to to those beers that because yeah. they're just like so aromatic they rely like almost solely on the way that they smell that like water is i don't know I, again my gut wants to agree with you but i don't know that i have the words to like elaborate why i agree with you that's that's fine but yeah it's 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 just my feeling like i said so we came back around we now make what we call a new jersey ipa just to differentiate it but it's you know it's basically like i said just a hazy swap and the the you know the the shorthand in the tasting room is sweet enough to be juicy but dry enough to still be beer and i think what that ends up really being is the kolsch plays up the mineraliness of the water you know what i mean yeah. it just gives it it gives it a beer you know what i mean there's there's just we just tasted it in in the halfway crooks beer it's yeah. it's you know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. water just shows. Yeah, it's sort of like in certain um, beers. You know what I mean? It shows as yeah. beer, as brewing water instead of drinking water. If that makes sense. I know that's not a thing, but do you know? No, you know what I mean? no. I think I mean it. It kind of is a thing when you when you think about the way that breweries you know often treat water. Like people at home aren't like treating their drinking. I mean, they might have a water softener or whatever, but it's not like they're like. Tonight I'm going to be eating this for dinner, so let me put the pinch of calcium sulfate in my yeah. water to like pair my water with. But in any case, I, I um, feel like Augie is the type of guy who would do. Maybe that. you do. Yeah. yeah, maybe you do. I mean, keep I mean, it in a shaker. <laughs> I mean, like I do have ci- I do have citric acid and and at least HCl in the in the kitchen. I've never used water without one or the other in it, so I guess sure. maybe a little. Okay. Bit. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, oh. I stand. I stand correct. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I I hear you, and uh, and I think that's a cool. Neat. I think that's a cool thing. I think that's also a cool way to, like that reversion that you were talking about of like getting away from some of the conans and stuff, to something that kind of feels truer to your palate and, mm. in some ways, the heritage of your brewery as well. Like as a thing. Uh, you know, again, both beer, yeah, being this, this I, at the time that was like a wild idea. I remember when I heard that, you know, later. You know what's Bobby funny beer is, with East, what, but you know, what's funny is the beer in the world, I think, is most like boat to me or scratches the same itch, um, on a general day to day basis is your, your old beer, Hop Hands. Interesting. Um, and and then what's funny is you brought them up talking about Pony, but Daisy Cutter. Like, wow, that is so interesting that you see those those as being in a they, cohort they, together. They feel to me like they've got whatever it is that makes Boat my favorite beer in the world as far as too bitter for a lot of people slash, right. you know, super aromatic and all that. I feel like the I haven't had hop hands, I think, since the last time we were at Tired Hands. Okay. Um, so when's the last time we were there, Justin? Fucking seven years ago? <laughs> when the when the craft <laughs> brewers CB- conference was in Philly. Yeah, when CBC was in I Philly. remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah when... no. So but that's the last time I actually had hop hands. Oh, um wow. so yeah, it had and 
Wow. And Daisy Cutter, I've never passed without trying, but I still think it's been four years there. But yeah. those are the two beers where, you know, so I'm sure you went into brewing similarly. I don't think I'm unique in this, but I went into brewing to make beer taste exactly the way I wanted it to taste because nobody was doing that. Sure. But yeah. every now and then I come across a beer where I'm like, oh, if that beer existed, I, you know, <laughs> I if I knew that beer, I wouldn't have wasted my time with Carter. Yeah. And Hop Hands was always one of those you know what i mean i was That's like i was like oh cool. this is this is a great beer so and good on you for brewing it for 10 fucking years man. well yeah i mean a couple things there like daisy cutter you know especially early daisy cutter that was at a time when like the 16 ounce can of hoppy beer was like nowhere near as ubiquitous as it became so like i thought that that beer was it was it was like kind of iconic at a at a pretty early time in like my but it's also an ABV that doesn't destroy yeah. you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like you can have you can have <laughs> several. And um, but yeah, I, I can't I can't take credit for hop hands as like an invention. That was a, a recipe that Gene was was brewing before uh, Tired mm-hmm. Hands Open. But I certainly brewed a lot of batches of it. I I certainly had the opportunity to tinker with it, and and um, there was like a minute there where I and Gene agreed. We all kind of agreed it sort of fell off kind of, it wasn't as punchy. And um, that honestly is probably around the time that you last had it. If it was around when CBC was in Philly. And after that, it really got to like a great point. And one of the things that I thought was cool about hop hands was while it was invented, you know, at the beginning of what eventually became the like hazy juicy craze you know of the 2010s it always had bitterness it always had a marked bitterness that made it um a beer something that you could have yeah you could have (laughs) several of without sort of being fatigued by sweetness and like too much juiciness it always had kind of a green note that we always described as like kiwi um but when you were saying the beer that uh you know reminds you most of boat Funny enough, Taras Bulba, for me, is a beer that comes to mind when I think of beers that that remind me of Boat. Um, really? And that's so maybe left field because Taras Bulba is Belgian and much more yeast expressive. But like the type of bitterness and the kind of herbaceous and like sometimes bubblegummy tone. And I, I admittedly haven't had Boat in, in some time. I haven't had Taras Bulba in some time, but... For a while, I sort of saw them as as Neat. being aligned, which yeah, I mean, I hope you. Well, I intend that, that as high praise. Because I so when did this become the "Let's make Augie feel good about himself" episode? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm feeling very weak today, John Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm over I my skis. That. I need it. Yeah, uh, I, but let's I uh, sense that. let's we talk about your happy one. Yeah, okay. We can talk about well. Let's let's talk about your happy beer while we talk about this happy beer. Um. It's it's IPA, right? It's, I, yeah. I hate to I hate to put all my eggs in one basket, but this just tastes like. So I should have been drinking the second beer. That's what yeah. I'm getting. Oh, from you. always. Well, especially my, I'm missing my cue, one, dude. Yeah, I yeah. expected you to jump right in. I needed a break, year. honestly. I, I, well, that I went first a little one too went so fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, well, yeah. throw your nose in it. Get get wrap your head around it, and John and I'll start talking. John, you're drinking it, right? Yeah, I am. What 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 do you think about I, it? Yeah, I mean straight up IPA, but there there I don't know. There's like this like orange pith. Um, it's not orange, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, like like blood orange or something. It's got like a little bit more of a tang to it, but there's there's definitely citrus 
like pith in there that's adding to the overall bitterness of it that I'm having like a really tough time getting past. Really? Is this um, is this a tired hands beer? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is this no, something it's, uh, it's not. Wow. Um so I'm get I'm getting John, I don't see your citrus as much as it feels Nelson-y to me. It feels like white wine. Okay. Like think of make that greenness that you know that old adage I love to use cat's pee. Make uh-huh. that greenness cat pee instead of pith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Make does that help? Not it just tastes to me like a Nelson IPA, like not not the world's most classic Nelson IPA from out in San Diego. Yeah. But but it just tastes like somebody's I don't, maybe it's not Nelson. Maybe it's just I'm Southern not, Galaxy. Maybe. I, no, I no, think I'm it's not Nelson. getting Galaxy from this. No, I think um, it's Nelson. But it's yeah. To me, it's got those those Sauvignon Blanc things. Everybody, well, I love right. British chasing, yeah. But it's there's a little bit of that that diesel, um, kind okay. of riesling. So you're really going Southern Hemisphere with this, okay? Oh, yeah, that's sure. interesting. Yeah, I for me, there's like this. We used to call this note like hop bag, like just that kind of like big <laughs> yes, hit yeah, of yeah. like you're opening the bag of the hops mylar. to to weigh it out, <laughs> and it's that just that puff of dust, you know, hits you in the yeah. face or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't really even get nuances. Um, it's just like this this hoppy, very fresh. Like this is yeah. obviously a, a dry hopped beer. There's no way yeah, this is very all. Much. This is all. I would. It's a I would little be too really sweet impressed. for me. It's a little too sweet for me. Um, yeah, the bitterness isn't nearly – that first beer that we had, one of the reasons yeah. why I, I chugged 12 ounces of it in like you know 98 seconds is that it had a bitterness that made you want to do that. It had a yeah. bitterness where you're like, I got to drink more. Where this bitterness and this sweetness, it's like more that green bitterness, you know, the like the dry hop bitterness, not the like iso alpha, you like cooked hops bitterness. Um and to me, that's like palate fatiguing. It's one of the reasons why I don't drink like hazier or more like modern style hoppy beers all that often uh, is because Which they is... don't make me want to keep drinking them. You know, what's funny is I like smelling it, though. Like, oh, my I God, it's the best. I love putting my nose it in Smells incredible. Glass. Yeah, John, put, nose it up a little bit, John. I know. And, I'm, and I'm, probably I'm... If you're getting that, that Nelson thing I'm getting. It, as, uh, it's, as it's warming a little bit? Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I mean, to me, this is, it smells incredible. It smells like thousands of beers that I and my, my coworkers Cohort. brewed. Like, I wasn't even joking when I said, is this a Tired Hands beer? Like, if you told me that this was <laughs> brewed by Tired Hands, I'd be like, you're absolutely right. I, I Very well, here, familiar. Here's what I would say. If I, so one of the things we've been sloppy about is we, we write a sentence on where, where I would drink this beer. So oh. if I worked at the Tiger, um, or I guess at your bar, and somebody walked in and was like, I like IPA. I'd be like, then you'll like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just feel like this is this ticks that modern IPA box. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I see that. It's definitely not celebration, but it's, you know. Yeah. It's, it's anybody's 2022 IPA. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel that. I think it's an ipa i mean oh it's, it's definitely an ipa 
I mean, well, no, maybe it's a pale. Yeah, I'm saying if you told me it was 5.56%, you know, higher higher end of the pale ale spectrum, I oh, might yeah, believe I you. It doesn't feel like yeah. double IPA to me. It doesn't feel any higher than seven. Oh, but, no. Um, I think you're right. And to be fair, I wasn't really thinking the ABV. You're right, right, um, right, right. I was just doing the aromas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's just so, whoop, like you said, it re that really is the best description. Like when we brew with Nelson, if they send me into the walk-in for the Nelson bag, this is what I expect to smell right. when I open it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. What are we drinking here, Hammer Time? What you got, Justino? All right. So this is from my neck of the woods. This is from Three's Brewing. They call it a cold IPA which I think hmm. is the first cold IPA we've had on the show, but oh. it is brewed with Ruwaka and, yes, Nelson Sylvain. Um, there you go. There's also some two for two on confusing hops. thing. Ruwaka is the confusing thing. There's also some jasmine rice in the grist. So. Yeah, that's like supposed to be the thing with cold IPA, as I is understand right? it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, are you, have you guys talked to Kevin Davey? We have, yes, yeah. but not yeah. too much about cold IPA. He talked no. a little bit about it when he was on the show, John, but not too much. Yeah, not a ton. Yeah, but we, he had just done one of your 17 other podcasts talking all about cold IPA. <laughs> well, also so true. I figured that content was available. Yeah, yeah. He's no, he's, I mean, as far as I understand it, the rice is like a big part of that, like, style as he envisioned it. And like, I think one of the things it's really supposed to do is like lighten the body, make it kind of drink in that really crisp way. And and as much as I adore threes, I sadly am not getting that light crispness out of this. Not at all. Uh, people, I feel I think like it's a little sweet. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And that jasmine rice thing, I think I know, you know, BSG sells that like jasmine rice uh, that's like really easy to brew with, but it's like insanely expensive. Um, and I feel like everybody uses that when they reach for rice in brewing because it sounds good because jasmine is like delicious rice when you just eat it as rice. Mm -hmm. But uh, I never got the results that I wanted when I used that um, in here, brewing. Here I am only using sushi rice like an idiot. Wait, do you? Is um, that real? Yeah, do you that's use all sushi is. rice. Oh my yep. god! Wow. That's, uh... Just, just uh, you, call, you know call up Brees, get yourself yeah. some, some, some nice, <laughs> you know, flaked rice. And, uh, no, no, there's just, there's just no way that I want to ever save money. So sure. I, I sure. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if there's a way to, if there's a way to waste money, I'm, I'm definitely in. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, bear, I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never, I never make the prudent or smart decision when I'm writing recipes. Mm. Um, Anyway, all right, so guys, we've 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 already run too long. We didn't really get to it, but I do want to talk oh about God. so so with your you know, your pedigree of making the the hop bombs that people love, when you say yeah. you have a hoppy one, I'm envisioning more like this, but listening to your preferences, I'm now not. So talk to me about the hoppy one mostly. Yeah, what, I'll talk to you about the hoppy where does one, it the fall hoppy in the spectrum of hoppy stuff. So the hoppy one's in a lot of ways the easiest one to talk about because it's the simplest recipe of the three beers by far. It's Turo and it's Centennial and it's water and Kolsch yeast. Um, there, that's the whole recipe. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's five point six percent. It's like this really nice uh, Willamette Centennial that Tonewood with Tonewood is the facility that we brew at. They're good friends of mine. They're great dudes. And they, um, they had, they contracted with Crosby for this really nice estate grown Willamette, 
uh, Centennial. It's quite a bit pricier than like your average Centennial, but I like ha- I smelled it and I had to have it. I was like, I can this can this please be the hop that we put in my hoppy beer? Um, and that helped like finalize the recipe because it's a recipe that kind of as I was like sitting with it got simpler and simpler and simpler. I whittled it down like okay, no more. No more raw wheat in the grist. No more Simcoe. Um, I love Simcoe, and I used a lot of it at Tired Hands. It was kind of like the primary hop there for a long time. But, like, eventually the recipe was just, like, two-row, this incredible Centennial, and, like, that's it. Um, It's bittered with Centennial. It's hopped in the Whirlpool with Centennial. It's dry hopped with Centennial. But the whole hop load, hot side and cold side, is probably sub three pounds total outside and cold side really modest um and some of it was like the hops themselves are great this, this centennial is just like I, I, the pellet density the aroma the just everything about it was like so special um but also some of it was like buying into um yakima chief's latest marketing uh scam <laughs> which is uh survivable <laughs> compounds um, and reading about like, you know, survivables and how Centennial is like high in them and just having curiosity about that. So doing, doing the thing where you drop the temp a little bit on the way to the whirlpool, bring it down into like the 190 kind of range, mm-hmm. do, do a medium size hit with some Centennial and let the yeast, which some of their data is showing that Kolsch type yeasts are like some of the better biotransformers which is another um hop marketing scam oh slash yeah oh who doesn't cool love thing. a little biotransformer ah, i mean oh, if i can get some biotransformation <laughs> yeah that's but yeah so we in actually, any case so it's just curiosity ale, but that What's golden that? ale that hap, that golden ale i've been fucking with the first version of it like the okay. kolsch the kolsch just uh, so literally we spun it, so there's no yeast in there. Yeah, yeah, this but is fun too. The biotransform, it's completely hazed beer. Which, yeah, which what? I was like, I was like, all right, so we got to move these hops, this hopping what? out. What Kolsch <laughs> yeast are you are you using? K97? Are you using the dry so, one? No, we use we use um, what's his name's fuck? Who's the Smack Packs? Why yeast? We just use uh, that's why yeast. Kolsch. The Smack Packs. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. So that's what I homebrewed with. So that's what I brought forward yeah because um, the fermented one the k97 it, it stays find, super hazy so yeah but so for us we find the move is um when you know a third or fourth generation boat pitch is when we start fucking around with things like the new jersey ipas and the goldens and all that like once it's lived in our house for four you know three four five generations it mm. becomes this fucking monster and it'll take just about any grist down to about one Play-Doh. Wow. So it's fucking nuts. So yeah. that's, that's when we start. That's when we start, you know, because it's always boat, new pitch, probably every 10 generations, let's say, give or take, depending on how it's going. But it splits off to make other beers after it's been announced. We have a really weird thing that I'm super that's super interesting to me. We do a beer with Evan Watson. Up yeah. in up in upstate New York, B, we, yeah, sure, w- yeah. So we mimic his barn beer. Mm-hmm. We do, you know, it's it's all Jersey grains and Jersey hops, and the yeast is from my next door neighbor's backyard beehive. We just, you know, cut out some hive and 
put in our Erlenmeyer with some wort and grow it up as Evan taught us. But the first time we did it, we had Evan do it and our beer, our yeast grows at 50 and his only grows north of 65. Okay. So what that says to us is the ambient yeast of this part of the Jersey shore is actually sack. Um, and you know, sack pasteurizerisus. It's you know, it's a lagering, it's a lager type yeast, which is interesting as fuck. But there's no doubt that by third or fourth generation, that that Kolsch has picked up whatever's around our house, and it's just like I said, it's Whoa. it's a fucking chewy monster. It'll eat. Yeah, I mean, one one pea is that's a dry yeah. beer. That is a that's that boat. is a dry that's beer, a boat, my friend. Baby. That's boat. Baby. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> I gotta have a boat. It's been too long. Uh, it's so nice to say. I really do appreciate it. Don't don't. I'm not that. even just saying don't that, man. That. I really do. It's it's. <laughs> I love that beer. Um. All right, man. We gotta wrap this shit up, Kennedy. You let me go too long. I know. We it's got really nice talking to you, man. I'm really excited to hit your bar. If Please. I don't, I I believe I'm going to definitely be in Philly for uh for some human robot shit coming up in the future. So I will sure, get sure, by. Sure. Maybe even with maybe even with your landlord, but either way, Philly's well, he's got to give me 24 there. hours heads up. So I'll know. I'll <laughs> know right? is, is that a company policy? You can't that's a joke, just yeah. stop by for a casual. <laughs> <laughs> that's a loophole. Yeah. That's a but, loophole uh, in the least, but, uh, yeah, but we anyway. will definitely, we will definitely be by next time we're by. And, and as long as I can land at fountain Porter at 3am for a $5 cheeseburger, I'll be happy. So oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll you. We'll start with you. Try all your food. I can't wait to try this beer. I, it's funny, man. I love fucking around as much as the next guy. It's my favorite thing to do, but you, you really got me like, I want to drink that, that, you know, that pale ale. It just sounds yeah, it's refreshingly, a nice refresh, refreshingly authentic, if you will. So good on you, man. It Thank sounds you. awesome. All this sounds great. And I can't wait to see the little doodles around the place now that I know the art pedigree too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So awesome. All right. So Kennedy, do you have a letter, my man? I do, but we don't have time for it. We got to go. We got another. <laughs> I rambled. Oh no! I did it again. That's fine, dude. We'll I like, the next thank show. you for rambling. I needed a rambler today. Had I had to coax shit out of you, I was not up to that task. So thank <laughs> yeah, you for well. bringing. Thank you for bringing the thunder, Kyle. It was a really good conversation. I appreciate cool. you cool. coming on. Um, it's all right, my pleasure, man. Thank you. So this is when Cass tells the Patreons how to send us them patroons. Yes, give us page. the ducats so that we can get our five stars on Apple Podcast. Do say what you say. Not even too sure if they're correlated, but patreon.com slash steal this beer. Thank you guys, gals, for donating to us. See what we're drinking on untapped at Steal This Beer. Follow us on all the social medias at Steal This Beer. And Colin, what about your social medias? Where can they find you? on the series of tubes that's the internet <laughs> yeah so um on instagram we are at meeting house beer um that's kind of the spot to to check us out in terms of what's going on at the pub what's going on with the beer etc etc right on man all right well thanks for thanks for coming out we will see you soon and hey y'all get at us cheers cheers